As you're seated today, we are going to be in 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Um, I'm going to read that here in a second, and then uh, I did not forget about you kids. You will be up here in like 30 seconds. So I'm going to be reading from the ESV, but you can read from your version as well as 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? There is, and we're going to jump right into point number one, what is pulling you? Okay, youth, all kids, if you want to come up, you are welcome to come up, but you got to come up here to this side, and you got to put your hands behind your back, okay? Got to come up here. Got to put your hands behind your back. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Okay, hands behind back. Got to be quiet here for a second. What is pulling you today? Is something pulling you? If you want to know what is pulling you, you might be able to know what you're yoked to, are connected to. It could be things, it could be activities, it could be idols that you've placed or tied around yourself. And what's interesting is it could be all over the place. Paul, as we can see, is talking here about people. He's talking about unbelievers and believers. And there are other things we are tied to as well. And unbelievers connect you to other things. It could be friendship. Okay, when I hand you a rope, you can have a rope, okay? Could be friendship. Nope, you can. Nope, you cannot. No hands behind the back. Good question. Here we go. Because this is gonna. It could be entertainment. There. No, you hands. No, your hands can go in front. Your hands can go in front now. Yes. Are you sure? Here we go. It could, it could be serving other people. Uh, I need a small, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Janie, come here. I don't, here you go. There you go. Okay. It, it could be your kids, your own kids. Here you go. Okay. It could be a lot of things. Okay, if you don't have a rope, you can come grab one. You can put your hands back, grab whatever one you want. Okay, there we go. Here we go. Okay. All right, we got more. That's We have a bunch of rope. Okay. All right, here we go. You, for five seconds, can pull as hard as you want. Okay, ready? Go. Oh, oh! You guys are super strong. 
super strong. You broke it. All right, stop, stop. There you go. You're all right. They got you roped a little bit. So, oh, wow. So it was tied up. Guy was, you all right, girl? All right. So it was supposed to last longer than that, but it pulled, it pulled you, okay? All right. There you go. A little strength. Hey, go to mommy. There you go. Who's right there? Okay. Okay, you guys can stay right there and hold it. Oh, there, okay, hold one rope. Okay, now freeze, okay? As you can clearly tell, I had to move and make sure I was against it or whatever. But it's pulling me in a direction. Different things are pulling me in a different direction all the time. As we look at 2 Corinthians today, we're going to be looking at what we're yoked to is central to who we are and what we're about. Now, you have to remember that Paul is getting attacked on all sides. Okay, If you've looked at the... Uh, he has basically got to build himself up into what is going on and trying to find this like dance, this dance of what's happening with Corinth. Okay, Because some people are saying... Paul's soft on sin. Some is saying he's a false teacher. Some are saying that uh, he's not following the law. And he's followed and corrupt by uh, false teachers. This is an interesting situation. Paul has to prove himself to people without bragging. As you notice, people keep pulling, right? I find it funny that it's distracting, isn't it? Distracting to me? Distracting to all of you? Because it's pulling. It is something that continues to even a little bit change the perspective of your life as it continues to move. Paul is doing this in a weird way. Paul is doing this in a really cool way. In a way that he is trying to build his credentials. He's trying to build his credentials without being cocky. Without being too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right now, my arm is really hurting. <laughs> All right. Okay. Stop. Stop. I like how they tell me what I got to do. I like that. Okay. Thank you. Um, the reason why I like this, I think of the story. Okay, you got to pause for a second. You can grab one. Thank you. I like it in the sense of this way. When Paul's trying to uh, talk to them to build his credentials, he's trying to build his credentials without seeming boastful. I had the exact same thing sort of happen to me. It happened on July 9th, 2005. I was in the ocean. I was swimming there, across, a little bit farther away, was a beautiful woman. I wanted to go talk to her, but I did not want it to be a one-time talk. I didn't want it to be just like, hey, how are you doing? I wanted this conversation to continue because I, one, wanted to get to know her and get to talk to her. How I talked to her mattered, didn't it? The first little conversation mattered. It, it, how I talked, how I communicated. I could have came in. What was funny is she was trying to ride the waves. She was not doing a good job at all. 
very, very embarrassing, basically. And I was going to be, I wanted to go there, and I was like, how do I do this? Do I make fun of her? Do I not do that? Or do how, what level of humor? What do I say? How do I go in there? How does also, it like, do I just sort of don't really say anything? Just go, hey, keep it really casual. Isaiah, you are strong. Okay, stop, stop. I didn't say pull yet. Thank you. <laughs> this is just getting a little bit more violent. Uh, but I went with prayer and humor, and that led to more conversations. Just as I feel at different times of tightening the rope, Paul, Paul went with credentialings that most of us would not think would work. Paul talked about his suffering. Paul talked about his issues. Paul talked about what it took to really follow God. Does that make sense? Like Paul did not go the normal route, but Paul was able to communicate it. You can see in his writings with the situation right before you and after, after the unequally yoked story. Okay, you guys got to pause because I'm reading scripture. I'm reading scripture. Pause. Okay, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13 says this. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own afflictions. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. Then, after the unequally yoked story, you jump to 2 Corinthians 7, 20, uh, 2 through 3. It says, make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together, the temple of the living God. The story is basically in between Paul talking about he has to come to preach the gospel in love and fixes messy relationships. Okay, you guys get one more pull. All right. Uh-oh, not this time. All right, all right, there you go. You guys win. Okay, woo. Stop, stop. Okay, there you go. Good job. Give it up for the kids. Okay, Whoop, watch yourself. Okay, untie yourselves. Now I have to untie Yep, yep. I did not know they were going to tie themselves around. But, hey, hey, okay, then go grab a seat. But the reason why I want to talk about that is I did find it really interesting how distracting it is. How things in our lives pull us away from what we're really supposed to be focused on. Some of you were really struggling being like, how long is this going to go on? How long is this going to go on? Some of you have had this in your own life. Some of you have very thick ropes that have lasted and connected because it's, it's been money has been the leading focus and the leading pull to your life. And it's been that way for a long time. And it's pulled you this way. It could be a thinner string that's newer. It could be a thick one. Like, hey, your kids. My kids play a huge part of my life. They pull. But the main question is, are they pulling in the right direction? Or what do you allow to be able to be yoked to? Just as Paul, when I just told the story before and after, 
Paul is basically showing them how much he loves the people of Corinth. The people of Corinth are messed up people. They follow idols, false teachers, money, all these things. They are following that. But Paul is still saying, I love you so much. And just as Paul's doing that, I too am saying that to you. I love you so much. As Paul would say, he says, I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts. He's talking about him and the other disciples. You are in our hearts. We pray. That is love. But as we talk about the push and pull, we pray and I pray that today God shows you. What's really interesting right now, some of you right now know things that are pulling you away from Christ. Right now, before I even have to finish the lesson. And some of you might be blinded to what is pulling you away from being yoked properly with Christ. I want us to be free, not the American freedom, but free through Christ. So that leads to point number two. What is yoked? Okay? So I'm going to have you, uh, them show a picture of what is actually happening right here. Okay. Yoke means... Zukoch. It's a Hebrew word. Zukoch is to join or to couple, or coupling, and this could mean the joining of two beings like oxen together. But it also could mean joining of something to someone to a burden. Okay, so you're coupled to that. So as you can see, up top, the yoke was a heavy beam strapped across the upper shoulders. Okay and around the neck of the animals to tie them together. So you see the beam, and it's tied together right there. The yoke was a harness to plow a wagon, okay? And as the animals walked, the weight of the wagon, and as you can see, like, there's a little bit in the middle of the two of them. There's a, a rope there. That's where the weights would be. The weights would be in the middle of the harness between the two, uh, two animals, Okay? So that's a picture of what a yoke would look like. And from the Wearsby's commentary, it says, uh, it says this. It says that to take a yoke in that day also meant to become a disciple. So you could be yoked with someone. And we have talked a lot that, about that even today, but that is something we're very major about is being part of the disciple-making process. You can only make godly disciples if you are connected, yoked, and discipled by Jesus. And we'll get to more of that later. Also, an interesting fact. The Bible talks about being yoked 66 times in the Bible. It only refers eight times to that of the conjunction of animals. The other 58 times it deals with the, that yokes used is that of regarding to a burden or a relationship of people and God. A yoke, then, is any relationship that formally ties two people together where the actions of one can directly affect another. And that's a great example. How many times, if you're a brother or sister, how many times when, when you were younger, one of you got in trouble, but both of you really got in trouble? Like, it was, he did it. Doesn't matter, both to your room. Because you were connected. You're brother and sister. You're affected together. You're in it together. 
How many times have you done that when someone at work gets in trouble? It's your department. It's not just that person getting in trouble. It's usually the department. It's like, oh, someone forgot this. It, it's, it's bigger. You're connected to it. We're connected to stuff, even though it did rip. Not a great illustration for that, but you get the point. This story of unequally yoked has many key implications and applications. And Paul does a great job of connecting it. In Deuteronomy 22, 9 through 10, it says this. It says, you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest the whole yield be forfeited. The crop that you have sown and the yield of the vineyard, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Okay, like I said, it's already coming together. It's like the animals needed to be about the same size and strength to be able to pull the yoke together. Ox and donkey don't mix. If one animal is taller than the other one, the other one's smaller, the smaller one has to bear more of the weight. Ox and donkey don't mix. If one animal were stronger than the other, that one would have to pull ahead and pull more of the weight than the weaker animal. Ox and donkey don't mix. If all these conditions aren't met, the animals would be unequally yoked and unable to get the work done and to get to the amount of work done which they should be able to get to do. Uh, if, the, if this wasn't broken, I was going to have Janie, my littlest one, and me pull. Which one would pull? Which one would do the work? It would probably be much more me because I'm going to be a different place than where she's at. And we've looked at what the Old Testament says. Now let's let, take a look at what Paul is saying in the whole general. So let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 7 through 1. The, where we've begun, the whole process, and Paul's going to be answering these questions here and discussing it. He says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belalo, which means the personifying wickedness and worthlessness. So basically, what accord has Christ with wickedness? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. And that leads to our final point, a well-fitted yoke. Point number three. Okay, I, I was going to have this whole thing, but since it broke, uh, I'm going to take this off. Uh, I was going to have John Beers come up. And because what's unique about this is it's connected. And I was going to have John stand right here, and he's hold this part, 
and me be right here and with these strings pulled out as these strings are pulled along. So if you can get that visual, I'd like you to, to think about that. We are all yoked to something. And I, I find it today, I feel like there's been a lot of distractions today, but I feel like it's probably for a reason because there's stuff going on in people's lives that need to be dealt with. And usually when that happens, doesn't distractions usually come into play? Doesn't usually like, hey, I don't want to deal with that. Let's move on. Oh, I'll watch another show or I'll do this. And like, I think God wants to work in some of your lives today and being able to pull out some distractions and things that you've been yoked to and some maybe for a short time and some for way too long. And some can pull really hard on you and some can't. But I want us to know right now, the reason why I was going to have John Beers up, because it is a great example of what Christ says we are to be yoked to. And that's in Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30. It says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've just been talking about what we're yoked to. And he's talking about this. We're now looking at what Matthew's saying. He says, take my yoke upon you. That is to be connected to. If I don't put the yoke on, I'm not connected to Christ. You know, as that example. I would not be connected to that, that way. We have to be connected. The question that I ask you right now, as we deal with that, are you connected? Are you connected with Christ in that way at all? And, and then it says, take up my yoke upon you and learn from me. There are still strings. And what I, I did have is some scissors. And they were not cheap scissors either. Because some of these ropes are really thick. But you need to let Jesus cut some of those things that you've been yoked to for far too long out of your life. You need to cut it off. Now, some things you might be yoked to, like your kids, like you don't want to, you're not cutting those off. But the process is, and this is what is so great about this statement, is because Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. That means that some of you are going, different people are going through different things. What is really interesting is some of us have different definitions of gentle. Some don't want to be touched, don't want to be bothered with. Oh, that, that's what gentle is. Uh, some people want to be, need to be pulled. I'm gentle, but I'm pulling you because I'm protecting you from things that you're going down in the wrong direction. I am pulling you. Over here, I'm gentle because it's going to be easier if you go this way and be indirect this way. God, and I said this downstairs in prayer, when I look back at my life, I am very thankful that God has pulled me in different directions instead of me getting what I wanted. If I, wanted, if I got what I wanted, I wouldn't be here today. I'm being dead serious in my story. And I think a lot of you can look back and think about all the times that God has protected you, has guided you, been there with you because you've been yoked with him. Even with all these strings, all this mess, all this junk, God is still in charge. But God still wants us to cut off that. 
Some of us need a pruning. Some of us need to give up a prune or need to give a pruning. And it says this, and you will find rest for your soul. I like how Wearsby says it. When we come to Christ in faith, he gives us rest. When we take his yoke and learn, we find rest, that deeper rest of surrendering and obedience. The first piece of the first is peace with God. The second is the peace of God. And the reason why I love that is sometimes when we look at rest, we think that, oh, I don't have to do anything. I'm just like, oh, rest is like, I'm, I don't have to do anything. But you find rest in obedience. You find rest in surrendering to what Christ has done. And you let him do the work because you're with him being equally yoked. And then it finishes with, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, easy is, I would say, an interesting term. It actually is better translated to well-fitted. Well-fitted. Because a lot of times this goes, my yoke is easy. Awesome. This is going to be an easy life. I'm going to get what I want, how I want it. No, it's actually much better translated to the well-fitted. God knows the fit and things you need and to put it over you. Not too loose. And this is where me and John were going to have some fun. I had to loose. John was going to pull me. I was going to make it tight. He was going to pull me. And it, it's, it's not that way. It's well-fitted. A great example is that of a bicycle. My, my little one has the little bike with the training wheels. Okay, it's a bike. I can ride it. But I can't ride it well. It's not fitted for me. It's not fitted for me. But if I had a normal bike, I can ride it well. I'm still in this relationship with God, working with God and riding it, but I'm riding it with Him. How many times has God protected you when you look back at your life? How many times has God guided you? And I want us to rest in that because if he's done that in the past, he will continue to do it today and he'll continue to do it in the future. But I do want us to ask, what does that mean for us today? How does that deal with that with believers, unbelievers? We are in a fallen world and we are around unbelievers all the time, correct? Like, we're not just supposed to live in a house and just be like, okay, I'll see some people maybe when I go to church on Sunday. And if I have to get gas, I'll pass one unbeliever. That's not what Paul is saying at all. We are going to be with them, but we cannot be yoked with them. And what he's saying is we need to be yoked first through Jesus Christ. We need to be yoked through Jesus Christ to be yoked so well that then through that, we can then help people go along in that journey and what else are we yoked to i want to be such a good father that my kids i'm still yoked with i'm with them but they are yoked because i'm with jesus i'm not being pulled and by money i'm not being pulled by fame i'm not being pulled by possessions i'm not being pulled by uh drunkenness i'm not being pulled by all this other stuff i'm being pulled because of jesus and now i see other relationships through that I see other unbelievers through that because you're going to be around them. It's another string. You can't cut it off, but you can't let them pull you. That is what being yoked is about. 
I think about it all the times. Those cows have flies around them all the time, right? Like animals, they have flies. They have different stuff around them all the time. But you're not yoked to those flies. You're not yoked to that. You're yoked to Jesus Christ. The other stuff's around. And by the way you live, by the way you talk, that's an example. Because you're yoked in the right place. It's not because you're going off to do this cool pizza party or this whatever. You're yoked to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ does the work through you. But you can never do a work if you're not yoked with Jesus Christ. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you aren't yoked to Jesus, it is dirty rags. It is worthless. It is nothing. Be yoked. He will lead you. He's the one that will protect you. He's the one that will guide you. He's the one that has a perfect yoke for you. Some of you need to be pulled harder. Some of you need a time of rest. He knows if you're with them. Some of us, I'm glad God yanked me over a few times in my life. At the time, I didn't like it. But I praise God now for it. Sometimes, though, we have to cut the rope. Because maybe there's someone in your life, maybe it's an unbeliever that's been pulling you away for far too long. Maybe it's something that you're just like, hey, I'm not going to let that happen. And that's why I have the cards today. If you came in, I gave you a card. I want you to write stuff down that you've been yoked to way too long. I'm going to give you my first one, my phone. My phone dictates way too much of my life aspect. I am yoked to it. Probably not yoked as many other people, but I can see that it's starting to go down that way where I'm letting a text message instantly change what I'm doing. I'm letting the email instantly change what I'm doing. Even if I'm reading or praying, it is now dictating my life. I'm yoked to that. It might be social media. How many likes I get? Do you know how many people are doing things for the likes? It's because of that. And I know that you're like, oh, it's not that generation. But no, that's the generation we're growing up in. We need to learn that. We need to love them through that because that's the way they get validation. But maybe it's something else in your life. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to ask you to write it down. To write down what is something that you know is pulling you away from Jesus that's unhealthy, that isn't right, that it's time to get rid of. Maybe it's the way you communicate. Maybe it's the way you talk to your wife. Maybe it's the way you talk to your husband. Maybe it's the way you treat your friends. I don't know what it is, but this is what is great. If you're yoked with Jesus, I know Jesus is going to be pushing on you today and the rest of the week. I'm asking you in love, just like Paul did. What are you yoked to? And what can Jesus cut from you? Why is it hard for the world to see believers as followers of Christ? You can write this one down. Because we are yoked to the same things as the world is. Why is it hard in American culture? 
Because a lot of us Christians are yoked to the exact same things that the world is. But Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, well-fitted. Let's be yoked to Christ and fellow believers to love God and to love our neighbors properly. This is a situation where I can't go individually like each one of unbelievers, but I can tell you this. When you are yoked to God, you will see things properly. You will see relationships right. That comes through reading, prayer, discipleship groups, or whatever it takes to get you to be yoked fully with Jesus Christ. Let's pray and sing. Larry, Father, I thank you so much for who you are. May I be yoked with you in everything. May I be yoked with you in my life. And may I also be able to cut out the things that I'm yoked to that are unhealthy, that aren't right, that you've been trying to get rid of, some for a long time and some for a short time. But I pray for anyone in here right now that they don't get distracted, that they don't get taken away, that they put things in the right order, the right perspective. God, be with them. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.